This is the victory. This is the victory. This is the victory. And with all this going on in our community, with all this going on in the world, uh, we the people of God, we the body of Christ are in the kingdom of God. We are not of this world. We have to be here, but we are not of this world. We are the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, we are offered the victory. In the kingdom of God, we are offered the victory. In the kingdom of God, we're offered what? We're offered the victory. We're offered the victory in every situation. We're offered the victory in every circumstance. We are offered the victory. Um, and, and, so the, and how often should we have it? We should have it all the time. We should have it all the time. And, and, and so that's what this message is designed to do, to exhort you to live in victory. To live in victory. To walk in victory. Okay? Have you ever gotten a promotion? And celebrated the promotion. Amen? You got a promotion, you celebrated the promotion, um, and, it was, and it was good that you got the promotion because increase came with it. Were you happy about the increase <clears throat> that came with it? Glory to God. Uh, so you celebrated, and, and, and then as time passed, uh, you began to wonder, uh, you got involved in the promotion, and you found out that it was more to the promotion than you was expecting. There was, some, there was some responsibility added to what you already were doing. Amen. And, and, so, and, and then it, start, it started getting to be a little bit of a press in that position. With the, at the promotion came with a little bit of press. Um, and, and then you began to wonder, am I going to be doing this forever? Will I, will I get another promo, will I ever get another promotion? You ever had that experience? You ever had the experience of getting uncommon favor? How many people like uncommon favor? I love it. Don't you just love it? Oh my God. You got uncommon favor, um, and it was great, it was wonderful, it was fantastic. And then when you needed it again, you began to wonder, I wonder if I'm gonna get some favor in this. I wonder, but these are some different people now. This, this is a different situation right here. And these people be giving me the evil eye all the time. They be looking at me crazy. They be talking to me nasty. And you be want, and you're, you're wondering, am I gonna get favor again? Have you ever had that? Have you ever gotten a great deal on something that you desired, like a car? I know some of y'all had, because y'all done told me. You got amazing, amazing, never heard tell of, ain't got no money, ain't got a new car, ain't got no job, and you got, you got a new car. You, you've had amazing deals. 
Got a house with jacked up credit. No credit. Amazing deals have happened. And then, and then as time went on, it was like, you, well, yeah, you know, if you had the car a couple of years, is that, is that the car you got this fantastic? Yeah, but you know what? It ain't running like I thought it was going to run. And I think I should get me another one. So then you're wondering, are you going to get another fantastic deal? You ever had that experience? And, and what is all of that? All of that is called something. All of it, it's called life experience. It's also called uh, normal life. Right? It's called normal life. Um, and, uh, and it puts you in the place of wondering, am I going to get the victory this time? I got it before, but, but you know, this is a new situation, this is a new circumstance, I don't know. This is a new job, this is a different supervisor, uh, I'm not too sure. That's called normal life. But, in, but we don't live normal life in the kingdom. We are kingdom citizens. And kingdom people don't live normal life. We live kingdom life. Kingdom life is by the word of God. Kingdom life means taking the word of God and applying it to your life. And seeing it work in your life. Some of you have walked in, into amazing things, favor that people around you thought was like, wow, how did you get that? Anybody had any hateration because of what you've been blessed with? <laughs> Why? Because, because when you come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and you come into the kingdom of God, then your life is not normal anymore. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, your life is not normal anymore because you have a power working on the inside of you to make things manifest on the outside for you. So, so, so you're not living normal life. Say, I'm not living normal life. We're living kingdom life. Say, I'm living kingdom life. And when the adversary comes against your life, you need to speak that out of your mouth. I'm living kingdom life. What is this you bringing me? I don't receive it. So, so before, well, you know in the Bible that Jesus had, he raised up disciples. How many? 15, 46? How many? Thank you. He raised up 12 disciples. Right? And before Christ came into the life of the 12 disciples, uh, they were living a normal life. They were living normal lives. And their lives were filled with normal life experiences. Uh, they were natural people. I said natural people. And they, by birth, they all were Jews, um, the chosen nation of Israel. So, so as Jews, they had a knowledge of God. 
and uh, they believed in God. And they knew that Messiah was coming sometime, someday, we don't know when. Right? So, 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 since, so since he hadn't come, they were living normal lives. They were living natural lives. But then Jesus came. And when Jesus, and, and so Jesus came, and, and how many have heard about Jesus being born? How many have had Jesus born in your life, in your soul? <clears throat> so Jesus came. And, and before Jesus came, the disciples were living normal life, uh, uh, natural life. But when he came, he came not living that way. Jesus, when Jesus came, he was not normal. And he was not natural. His life started with a miracle. He was born by a miracle. He was born by a miracle. He, Jesus lived by great faith and a strong relationship with God. And, and, and he came here to show us how to do that. And some people think that Jesus, Jesus did what he did uh, and, and he was victorious uh, because his name was Jesus Christ. But that is not why. That is not why. He came to demonstrate to us how to live a supernatural life. He came to show us how to live a kingdom life. Amen. Why? What does the Bible say? He was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without what? Without sin. Come on, you know the Bible. Help me. Amen? So, so he came to bring that to us. He came to teach that to us. And so his disciples were living their natural, normal life, um, and then Jesus came. This person who was not natural, who was not normal, who was born miraculously, coming here to do a job, coming here to this earth on assignment. <clears throat> so uh, he came here, and then he reached, at the appointed time, he reached out to the 12 disciples, meaning what? He called each of them. Meaning what? He connected with them. Because were they saved before Jesus? No. So he reached out to the unsaved, <laughs> the unchurched, like we're supposed to do. Amen. But he reached out to them in such a way <laughs> that they believed what he said, and they received what he said. So, so, so if you reach out to somebody and they believe what you say and they, and they receive what you say, what does that say about how you reached out to them? You connected. You reached out to them in a way they could understand. You reached out to them in a way they could comprehend it. They could relate. How many people did he reach out to? 
disciples. Twelve. Right. Do you think that he reached out to every one of them the same way? No. He reached out to them different ways, but because he was kingdom, he reached out to them in a way that they could understand, perceive, and receive. And when he reached out to them, something happened. Something happened. Because you don't just hear, you just don't engage with a person that you don't know and they, and they have a conversation with you and you stop and you drop everything and follow that person. That ever happened to you? Just drop everything and follow somebody down the street? No. So something supernatural was happening when he reached out to the 12 disciples and connected with them. Amen. One of them said, one of them he connected with said, I got to go get my brother. Was that natural? No. That was supernatural. So Jesus came, not being normal, not being natural, connecting with these 12 disciples who were not yet disciples until they had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Right? Amen. Um, and so much so that they believed him. Have you ever spoken to somebody who spoke in such a way that their words arrested you? Their heart connected to your heart in some way. Well, that's what Jesus was doing, connecting with these guys. Amen. Something took place between him and his disciples after they met. And he asked them to come and follow him. To do what? Follow him. Follow him. But, but Jesus had, the disciples had one way of functioning. Their functioning was normal. Their functioning was natural. His functioning was supernatural. His way of functioning was different from theirs. His way, and so to bring them together, Jesus had to change their way of functioning. Not just say, come follow me, but they had to change their way of functioning so they could function like he functioned. And his job as their mentor, as their teacher, as their rabbi, was to cause them to make a shift to begin to live his way of being and not their, and not their previous one. Why? So, why, why, why did he do that? So he could bring them into a relationship with God like his relationship with God. He wasn't just trying to change them to be changing them. He was trying to, he, he was coaching them, teaching them, mentoring them so that they could have a relationship with God the Father like his relationship with God the Father. Amen? So, so, so that then when he left and went back to heaven, then they could do the 
work that he was doing. And he told them what kind of work would they do? They would do greater, greater works. Okay? So, sometimes in our walk, we get really high and excited when great things happen. And then, after the great thing happens, like, like graduation happens, right? And, 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 and you're happy and excited, and you have big celebration, and you, and you have a big party, graduation party, and you have food and family and friends and all that, and, and it's a high, high time. And then after that, you know, two weeks later come and you don't have no job. Then we just kind of slide back into neutral and natural. And the disciples of Jesus did the same thing. They did it all the time. Why? Because they didn't know anything about this kind of relationship with God that Jesus had. So they, they were being developed in it. Say developed. They were being developed in something they had never experienced before. So what they, what they would do, the same thing, they would just slide back into to, to being the natural. They would have great experiences and then slide back into being just their regular old fishermen and whatever else job they had. They, they slid back into wondering, who is this guy? I mean, I'm following his teaching, and he's teaching, but you know, like, who is this dude? You know, because he did something I've never seen done before. What's up with him? Why did they do that? He was doing signs and wonders and miracles. He, they, he was doing amazing things. Why did they slide back into wondering? Looking at Jesus like, what's up, Jesus? <laughs> How'd you do that, Jesus? What was going on with that? Why did they do that? Why did they see something awesome and then slide back into, well, I don't know about this guy. I don't know. Maybe I need to go back to fishing. Why, why did they do that? You know why? Because before Jesus came, that's all they knew. That's all they knew. They would see stuff and they would be skeptical and, and wondering and questioning and and not taking anything at face value. Amen? So, so um, it took them a long time to make the changes that they needed to make. How long did it take them? A long time. They saw amazing things, but after almost everything that they saw, they slid back into natural and neutral. They saw Jesus cast out devils, and then they tried it, and it didn't work, and then they're like, how come it ain't work for us? My name ain't Jesus. That's how come it ain't work for me. I don't call myself the son of God. That ain't why, because I guess that's why it don't work for me. That's where they slid back to. So let's look, at, let's look a little bit at the miracles of Jesus. Okay? Did Jesus work miracles? So, so through, while he's working miracles, he's coaching, teaching, mentoring, and training these 12 disciples while he's doing miracles. Okay? So as he's doing these miraculous things, and they're sliding back into, uh, wonder what's going on here. I can't do what he did. He's still working miracles. 
right? So, so, so how many miracles do you think it took for them to get it? How many miracles did you think it would take for, I mean, to see Jesus do these amazing things, because now, they, now, they're, now they're working under him 24-7 uh, for three years straight. 24-7, three years straight. How many miracles do you think it took for them to get to the place where their way of being turned into his way of being? Their, his way of functioning became their way of functioning. How many miracles do you think it took for them to get to that place? Many. How many? Take a guess. Okay? Somebody else, give me a guess. How many did it take? How many? A bunch. Five, six, ten, fifteen. Well, the Bible says that during the course of time that they were in Bible school with Jesus, he, at that three years, uh, the Bible says that he performed 38 miracles and two more one which was being born of a virgin and the last one being resurrected from the dead. All the other ones took place while he was working, while they were in school with him. How many? 38. Thirty-eight miracles Jesus was performing. How many of you have seen the miraculous? in your own life? Anybody seen the miraculous in your own life? Anybody seen miracles in your life? Well, here they are. Uh, uh, Jesus is trying to transition them from their way of functioning to his, and he's demonstrating it by signs, wonders, and miracles, and they are present for them. That's not they heard about it. They're present while he's doing it. Amazing, right? Amazing. Through those signs and wonders and miracles, Jesus was trying to develop their faith. He was trying to, to show them some things. So, does anybody who's a Bible scholar know what the first miracle was that Jesus performed? Water into wine. Right? Have they ever seen water go from water to wine? Just by pouring water in the big old, in the big old, pitcher and they come out wine. Have they seen that? No. So now they're seeing it and they are what? Surprised. What else? Amazed. What else? Shocked. Right? Glad. High. <laughs> Jumping for joy. They're having a it's a marriage celebration, right? So that's the first one that they see him do, was turn water into wine. And when they saw him turn water into wine, they were amazed. Amen? The next, thing, the next miracle that they saw Jesus do was to heal somebody. To heal someone. They'd never seen it before. So now they're seeing... He turned water into wine. Now he's healing somebody. 
The next thing they saw him do was cast out devils from somebody. You ever seen devils leave out of somebody? Somebody said, no, I'd be scared because they'd be acting crazy. So they were, so they seen him do these things and they are what? Amazed, right? And all the time, Jesus is working a process to change them from neutral and natural to supernatural, kingdom, mind. So they're seeing him do these things. They're seeing him heal lepers, amen, doing all kind of healings. They even saw him raise the dead, right? So by now, what's happening to their minds? Do you think that, that was enough for them to be like, oh, I got it now, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I, 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 I can think kingdom now, I can function like Jesus now. Do you think that they arrived at that place? Not yet. Because when he would do these things, they would still be shock and awe. They would still be what? Amazed. They would still be wondering. Turn to Matthew chapter 21. I know you're like, when is she ever going to get in the Bible? I am in the Bible. Matthew chapter 21. I need to look at my own Bible. How about that? Because I don't think I gave it to be put up, but we'll see what happens. Matthew, you know where that is? Okay, Matthew 21. There it is. It's on the screen if you don't have it. Here's Jesus that performed another miracle, and, he, and here's the disciples. And it says, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? And this verse is speaking to when Jesus cursed the fig tree. You Bible scholars remember that Jesus cursed the fig tree because it wasn't bringing forth any fruit? He cursed it, and by the end of the day, it was withered away. And the scripture says, when they saw it, they marveled. Now I can tell you, and you can go study it, that when, they, when this miracle happened, Jesus had already done a whole bunch of miracles prior to this one, and still they marveled. What does that mean, they marveled? They were amazed. What does that mean, they marveled? They're still wondering, how did that happen? They're still wondering, how did that happen? But through all these signs and wonders and miracles Jesus was doing, he was developing, he was trying to develop their faith, he was trying to develop their relationship with God, he was trying to develop their prayer life, and they were, he was trying to develop their confidence in God's ability and willingness to do amazing things. 
He was trying to develop their faith. Say faith. Say faith. He was trying to develop their faith. He was trying to develop their relationship with God. Say relationship. He was trying to develop their prayer life. Prayer life. And he was trying to develop their confidence in God's ability, willingness, and love. So, so this, is what, this is what Jesus operated by. This is why he had a different mind. And he was trying to give it to them. Because everything he did was based on these things right here. Number one, faith. Number two, relationship with the Father. Number three, prayer life. Number four, confidence in God's love, ability, and willingness. What was number one? Yes. What was number two? Relationship with the Father. What was number three? Prayer life. What was number four? Confidence in God's love, ability, and willingness. And by all of those things, that's how Jesus operated. That's all he had to operate by. That's all he had to have a different mind than the disciples had. And so by Jesus' example of faith, of faith relationship with God, he was laboring to turn them in another direction and change their natural and their neutral ways. To change their natural, normal, and neutral ways. Like, well, I don't know how he did that. I, I don't know, it just, but he, he, he said he's the son of God, so I guess the son of God can do whatever. And what he was trying to communicate to them was, you can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. Say, I can do the same thing. By these four things, faith, relationship, prayer life, confidence in God, love, ability, and willingness. If these four things are not operating in you every day, then you can't do what Jesus did. Because that's all he had to go on. That's all he walked in. That's all he demonstrated before the disciples. How come every day when he got up, it, it worked for him? How come? How come it worked for him every day? Because he became developed in it. He became developed in his faith. He became developed in his relationship with God. He became developed in his prayer life. After he would do signs and wonders and miracles, what did he do after that? 
He would leave the people. He would leave the circumstance. He would leave the situation and do what? Take a nap? Go out to eat? Watch the game? Pray. So that his measure of faith did what? It rose and rose and rose and rose and rose. And once it got to the highest point, he still had to do the same things to maintain it. And he was trying to teach it to his 12 disciples. Through 38 signs, wonders, and miracles. Each victory experience you have God is building something in you. So they're seeing victory, people getting victory every day. Every day they, they go to work with Jesus and people are getting victories every day. And they're getting victories how often? Every day they're seeing something being done. How many miracles did they see? 38. And you know the Bible says? All, everything that Jesus did is not in the Bible. It tells you that. It says these things were written for our example, meaning what he did more than what it says. And with the 38 they saw, they still didn't get it. Every victory experience you have, God is building one, one experience upon another to develop victorious faith. What kind of faith? Victorious faith in you and move you from always high and low, high and low, natural, neutral, to another place. What's the place he's trying to take you to? First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. And verse 4. When you have it, say, I have it. Or when you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. <laughs> and it, was, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. What does that mean, born of God? That means you've been born again. How many of you are born again? Amen. So whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. So that means we have the power to do what? Overcome the world. The power to overcome the world. The power to overcome circumstance. The power to overcome situation. The power to overcome the devil. The power to overcome resistance. The power to overcome evil. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. What is the victory that overcometh the world according to the word of God? What does it say? Even our faith. What is the victory that overcometh the world? Even our faith. So there be no overcoming the world without what? Faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? He functioned by faith. There'll be no overcoming the world without a relationship with who? God. There'll be no overcoming the world without what kind of life? A prayer life. 
There'd be no overcoming the world without confidence in God's love, ability, and willingness to give you the victory. Say, this is the victory. What is the victory? Our faith and the exercise of it. How often did Jesus exercise his faith? All the time. How many days? Every day he was exercising his faith. And every day he was seeing what? Miracles, signs, wonders, supernatural things happening. Every day when Jesus got up, was he wondering what was going to happen that day? Was he wondering if God was going to heal him that day? Was he wondering if, he could, if somebody was going to be delivered that day? Was he wondering if healing was going to flow? Was he wondering if deliverance was going to flow? Was he wondering if prosperity was going to be released? Was he wondering if the 5,000 were going to get fed? He was not wondering because he wasn't functioning in the normal and the natural. He was functioning in kingdom. He was functioning in kingdom faith. He was functioning supernaturally. So when he was asking the disciples questions like, uh, the 5,000 need to be fed, what y'all gonna do about it? Was he wondering what, what was going to happen and how all those people were going to get Was he wondering? Who was wondering? The disciples were wondering. Why? Because they had not made their shift yet. So they were still in wonderland. They were still in the natural place. They were still in the neutral place. I don't know. I don't know. If we had... If we had XX penny worth of, of money, we still couldn't buy enough for all these people. Jesus standing right there while they're talking this foolishness. And he looking at them. If you've been coaching, mentoring, teaching people 24-7 for a long time, and here's a situation they can apply, and they're looking like, we don't know what to do. We Wouldn't you be looking at them like, what in the world? How long is it going to take y'all to get this? Because they didn't have it when the 5,000 needed to be fed, did they? Then, then, then it was a, so then the 5,000 got fed, right? And what, and, how was, and what were they like at that point? They were like, wow, awesome, amazing, down, that is astounding. How did Jesus feed the 5,000? Tell me how. I'm not, talking about the, I'm not talking about the two little fish and the five little, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about how did that happen? Thank you, faith. How, what else? Faith, relationship with the Father, prayer life, confidence in God's love, ability, and willingness. That's it. That's it. How, was Jesus consistent or inconsistent in that? Were the disciples consistent or inconsistent? Inconsistent. Inconsistent. 
So Jesus wasn't wondering, how did he get to the place of no wonder? By his faith and his relationship with the Lord. Amen? So, so, so where is he calling us to? That place. Who needs victory? Who needs victory? Say, victory belongs to me. Hallelujah. We sing that song. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Oh! But that song ain't going to bring you no victory. That song is a praise unto God, but it ain't going to bring you the victory. The same thing that brought Jesus victory is what's going to bring you victory. What brought Jesus victory? Faith. Consistent faith. What else brought Jesus victory? Relationship with God. Consistent. What else brought Jesus victory? Prayer life. When Jesus got tired, what did he go do? Kick back? He went to pray first. What else brought Jesus victory? Confidence. So when he went to lay hands, he wasn't wondering if something was going to happen. And he was trying to transfer it to them. And so there will be battles between natural and neutral and victorious faith and winning, winning by faith in his word. There are going to be battles. See, I'm battling right now. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be in that victorious faith, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, the devil wearing my head out. Wait a minute. There's a reason. You can change that. Amen? Amen. There will be battles. But you win because we have the victory. The victory is set aside for us. All we got to do is do what Jesus did. Right? Okay. You're, so in the battle, your mind will try to be in charge. And it is not in charge. Imaginations will come to your mind. You have to cast them down. And you have to keep getting better at speaking the word every day. How many days? Every day. Why? Because your words are important. Your words are important. So they need to be more and more becoming his words. Amen? When I was growing up, uh, uh, some, some of the people in my house were not saved. Amen. And my grandma would always be telling people, watch your mouth. Anybody ever heard that? My, my grandma would always tell, hush, watch your mouth. Let me send that around these children. Amen. Well, 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 now you need to watch your own mouth. Don't be saying this around them devils, because they, they, they think you're agreeing with them. When you say, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? The devil's like, you ain't going to do nothing because I got you. Watch your mouth. Let the word of God come out of your mouth. 
Watch your mouth. <laughs> Keep getting better at speaking the word every day. And expect, expect victory. Expect what? Expect victory because his promises are yes and amen. Keep expecting victory because his promises are yes and amen. Keep expecting victory, here you go, even if it takes a long time. You can't be moved by time. Keep expecting victory even if it takes a long time. Grow. So like the disciples, you have a major shift. Now, when did the disciples experience their major shift? After they saw 38 miracles? No. 39, because they did see him when he got up. When, when, did they, when did they make this shift? They made their shift after the resurrection. Before the resurrection, they were still wondering, what in the world? When he was arrested, they were still in wonderland. They were like, Somebody said to Peter, weren't you one of them? Like, no, nah, man, uh-uh, not me, brother, uh-uh. I look like him, but I, that, that my brother, that ain't me. They living, breathing, eating, sleeping, living with him three years, 24-7. He one minute from getting crucified, and where are they at? Are they right there with him? Like, yeah, we, you know, we your posse, Jesus. We got your back, brother, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we, if we go down, we going down together. Did they do that? No. Because up to that point, they still hadn't made their shift. They still hadn't made the shift. After seeing 38 miracles, 39 miracles. They knew he was a virgin birth. So 39 things that happened supernaturally, miraculously, and more, say and more, and more, because we know more happened than what we're reading about. All this is happening. Jesus is trying to coach them, teach them, mentor them through all this. They're seeing the dead raised. They're seeing people walk on water. They walking on water themselves. Jesus is about to be crucified, killed, and they ain't got no gangster in them. They gone. <laughs> they, we, we, they running for their own life. They running for their own lives. And it wasn't until the resurrection that they made their shift. What was Jesus thinking about that? He busting, he, 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 he going doing everything he knows to do to bring them to shift, and they don't do it till he go and come back. Amen? But praise the Lord, they made this shift. 
Praise the Lord, they made the shift. And because they made the shift, we're here today. Amen. And the shift produced in them what it produced in Jesus. Okay? Uh, we're, we're about done. Acts chapter 2. I want you to see this. Say marveled. Remember they were marveling at the things Jesus was doing? It's like, man. At one point Jesus did something when, when they were on the ship and the storm came up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and they were like, who, what, kind of, what manner of man is this? This is an amazing guy. But now they've made a shift. So Acts chapter 2, are you, I'm sorry, Acts, yeah, Acts chapter 2, are you there? Acts chapter 2 and verse 7, are you there? Okay, we're going. And they were all amazed. These are people who now are seeing the disciples do the work of the ministry. And they were all amazed and, and what? And astonished and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Like saying what? Who are they, how, how are these guys speaking in my language and they never studied it? The shift has taken over. The shift has taken over. Verse 12, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaning this? Everybody talking about, well, I don't understand what's going on with these guys. And, and why, why were people saying that? Because those people who were observing the disciples were still back over in neutral and natural. But the disciples had shifted to kingdom and supernatural. So like, others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Like they just, they just freaked out, they just high. They had some really good stuff and they just, they just high as they can be. Verse 14, here's one of the disciples who, had, who just now got finished making the shift. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet of Joel. This is that. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, Etc. 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 Going on. Amen. And I will. Where am I? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, old men dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall turn into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord that will come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 15. 
This is the victory. Say, this is the victory. This is the victory. And so the question is, have you made your shift? Have you made your shift from the natural and the neutral and the wondering and the doubt and the fear and the unbelief? Have you made your shift into the kingdom way of functioning? Have you made your shift to function as Jesus did with kingdom? Have you made your shift to function all the time in faith, all the time in your relationship with God, all the time in confidence in his love and his willingness and his ability, even if it takes a long time. Jesus did. Guess what? It took a long time for them, them disciples to make a shift. It took years for them to make a shift, seeing signs and wonders in front of their face, seeing the dead raised, seeing people walk on the water, seeing people healed. It took them a long time. But once they made the shift, then they were equipped to have victory win all the time. And they expected it. And you can expect it to show up in your life all the time, even if it takes a long time, because the promises of God are yes and amen. He will do what he says. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you get anything out of this today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I exhort you, I plead with you, make the shift in your own life. Make the shift from trusting, the, from seeing something amazing, being excited and happy, and then melting back down into doubt, unbelief, neutral and natural. Stay in the supernatural. Live in the kingdom. If something is happening in your life and it's not kingdom, don't receive it. Speak against it. Speak against it until you see what you say. It's by our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that it's available to you, available to us. It's by our relationship with Jesus Christ that it's available to the people that you know. Ask the Lord to give you an encounter with an unsaved, unchurched person that their life will be changed by coming in contact with you because you're in faith, you're in a right relationship with God the Father, you're speaking his word, and you're confident in his love, his ability, and his willingness to bring his kingdom to earth in the lives of those you come in contact with. Amen, amen, amen. To God be the glory, the glory, the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. 
for the revelation of your word today. That we can do exactly what Jesus did. This is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith, as we activate and use it like Jesus did. Make us more like you, Lord Jesus, so that the victories will belong to us. The unsaved that we've been witnessing to and ministering to will come into the kingdom. The healings will take place. The deliverances will manifest. You will get the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.